بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على شرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد I want to speak to you today from the chapter of uh, the book we are following on Islamic manners by Sheikh Abdul Fattah Abu Ghudda on the subject of visiting a sick person as we know there is great fazila there is great blessing in visiting the sick the mercy the sheikh says the mercy that allah created in human beings prompts us to sympathize with those who fall ill imam bukhari narrated a hadith by abu huraira radhiyallahu anhu that rasulullah sallallahu emphasized that human mercy is a minute continuation of the mercy of allah Rasulullah said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala divided mercy into a hundred portions. He kept 99 portions with him and released one portion on earth. It is from this portion that all creatures have mercy on each other, such that a mare would lift her foot lest it hit her child. It is the duty of every Muslim to visit his or her fellow Muslim in time of, time of illness. This will enhance and nourish the bond of Islam and the brotherhood among them. As a committed Muslim, one should not undervalue the great reward from Allah. Imam Muslim reported that Rasulullah said, A Muslim visiting a sick brother will continue to be in the khurfa of Jannah until he comes back home. He was asked, What is the khurfa of Jannah? He said, This means the harvest of Jannah. Likewise, Imam Ahmad and Imam Ibn uh, in their book of hadith, they reported that Rasulullah said a visitor walking to visit a patient will be walking into the mercy of Allah. When the visitor sits with the patient, both will be engulfed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy until the visitors return. And subhanAllah, this is a, uh, also an, an opportunity for us to reflect on ourselves and say that it's only the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that somebody else is sick, otherwise maybe I would be the one who's sick. I was visiting, uh, Sheikh also went with me, we visited one brother who was uh, in the hospice and he was uh, almost in a coma because they had given him morphine and almost completely reduced to like skin and bone, nothing else, like a skeleton with skin on it. And he was barely conscious. We read some Quran there and, you know, uh, tried to speak to him and so on. Just about conscious. And I was thinking to myself, this is, this is the end. You know, I mean, whatever he may have done in his life, and I don't know much about him, but even if he was a billionaire, trillionaire, right now he's nothing. Right? He cannot even drink water. He is, obviously his throat must have been dry. He was, his mouth was open, he was breathing through his mouth. So obviously throat was parched. So I asked him, can I give you some, do you want some water? He kind of, with his eyes, he just indicated. So I, you know, poured a few drops of water. Because the, the place he was, the way he was lying, I was afraid to put more because he might choke. So on the side a little bit I put. And you could see the relief, just that few drops of water. And I'm thinking to myself that just a few drops of water, you know, if he had to pay for it, he would have paid how much? You know, uh, just think about that. I mean, the, these are uh, places of ibrah, of, of getting some lesson from what we see in our experience. 
To continue, Muslims in Andalusia were very articulate in their char- charitable enda- in endeavors and endowments. In taking care of the sick, they set up charitable funds to pay two people of each neighborhood who were admired for their piety to visit the homes of the sick to try to raise their morale by, paying, by praying for them and giving them hope of recovery. Praying for the sick, it is very appropriate to say prayers for the sick, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless them with recovery and help them through their sickness. Uh, Bukhari and Muslim reported that Aisha Siddiqa, she said, if someone fell sick, Rasulullah would pass his right hand over them while saying the following prayer. And this is the meaning of which is, oh Allah, Lord of mankind, take away the suffering bring the recovery, no cure, but your cure leaves no illness. In another hadith, report by Bukhari, uh, Ibn Abbas said that Rasulullah when visiting a sick person would say, be patient, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cleanse you. The um, hadith of Rasulullah also, he said he prescribed a dua and he said, place your hand on the part which is hurting and for example if it is uh, something like you know general sickness there is no specific place which is hurting then he said place your hand anywhere on the body or hold the person's hand or, or put the hand on the chest or head anywhere um, and then recite uh, Salat and Salam and Rasulullah three times so say Durud Ibrahimi which we do in the Shahud so do this three times and then you make the dua, As'alallahu al-Azim, Rabbul Arshil Azim, An Yashfiyakahu. So this is for the man, An Yashfiyakaha, for the woman. And if you are making this dua for yourself, you can do this for yourself also, you say, An Yashfiyaki, so for myself. So, As'alallahu so, uh, al-Azim, oh, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is the greatest, who, is the, who has azama, Rabbul Arshil Azim, is the Rabb of, the great throne give shifa to this person seven times so three times durud seven times this and then another three times durud ibrahimi inshallah rasulullah said that unless the thing that this person is suffering from is decreed is the qadr of allah that this is his terminal illness allah will cure him only in the case where he has been, it has been decreed that he will die with this, then he will not be cured. But other than that, any illness, inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cure. It's a very powerful dua, alhamdulillah. We should try to uh, do this when we go to visit uh, people. Do not discount the importance of the prayers of the pious. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has endowed some of his slaves with blessings that could bring recovery and raise morale. However, maddening treatment in favor of prayers is contrary to Rasulullah's teachings. He said, slaves of Allah, seek cure. For he who, tre- who created sickness, created the cure. So, tawakkul is not to say, I will not seek any treatment. But at some point, depending on the kind of disease and so on and so forth, you can say, alhamdulillah, whatever treatment I have taken, now it is in the hands of Allah, this is also possible. But simply not doing anything, this is not from the sunnah. In another hadith, Rasulullah prescribed reciting the Quran and giving charity as part of the cure. 
He said, treat your ill with Quran and prayers and charity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, he said, which means we have sent down of this Quran that which is a cure and mercy for the believers. Prayers from a, a pious, clear heart are very effective. In 1388 Hijri, which is 1968, while visiting Medina, and this is Sheikh Abdul Fattah speaking, he said, while visiting Medina, my eldest daughter, who was 13 years old at the time, was diagnosed with appendicitis. The doctors left no doubt that she would be operated on right away. That meant our Hajj would be disrupted. I went to a pious, humble and not well-known sheikh and asked him to pray for her and for us. To our relief and to the amazement of the doctors, she became well and fit to travel within two days. And of course, this is from the uh, Rahmat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now you might say, well, how do I know this person is pious? How do I know it? We don't know. We have this, uh, our husn zan about our brothers and sisters. Inshallah, if we have this husn zan about somebody, inshallah, Allah will make it happen. This is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because at the end of the day, the one accepting dua is Allah. So no matter who makes it. Obviously, you don't go to somebody who is, for example, if you know somebody is, you know, drinking alcohol or not praying or something. You know, but anyone, alhamdulillah, it, we must always have the best belief about our brothers. Alhamdulillah, inshallah, this person is somebody who is close to Allah. Ask them to make dua for you, no problem. Asking someone who is dead to make dua, this is haram. This is shirk. You can't go to a grave and say, whoever is in the grave, make dua. No. But somebody who is alive, alhamdulillah, make dua for each other. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa asked Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab He said, make dua for your brother, meaning himself. So if the Nabi alayhi salam did that, of course. But people who are only alive, not the... Length of the visit. Following certain etiquette will make your visit to sick people refreshing and reflective. Your duty is to ease their pain and make them more aware of the rewards they will gain in return for their suffering and endurance. Make your visit brief as sick people may not withstand long visits or actually dislike them. The length of the visit should not be longer than the time between the two khutbas of Jummah. Can you imagine? Just a, just a sitting. How, how long is that? That's like maybe not even one minute. Right? So, this is saying in indicative, which you don't have to spend only one minute, but also some people come and they sit the whole day, you know. I know cases where somebody said, I was there and I, I spent like four hours. He said, why? The person is sick. Why are you spending for? Leave him alone. You go there five minutes, maximum say ten minutes, then leave. So this is very, very important. Our visit must not become a zahma. Now, out of you know good manners, they will, they won't tell you go away. They should tell you, but but they don't tell you that. So people go there and they, they don't don't make a nuisance of yourself. Shaykh, what is the person who's sick? They want you there. Yes. Is that fine? They want you, but they want like briefly, right? Yeah, not not there for to set for long time. Also, that's a very good question. Also, if you know, for some people, for example, they don't want people. So if you know that, don't go. In, you might know because, you know, through other people and so on, say this person doesn't like, they don't want to be disturbed. Don't go. Then, then not going is a good thing. Don't say, no, no, but this is a sunnah, I have to go. No, it's just, <laughs> right? Uh, generally, people like, but like you said, some people maybe, you know, they don't want somebody to come when I'm sick and I'm, you know, lying down in the bed and so on. So if, if you know that about this person, then don't go. Maybe just go and meet the family and say, please tell him that I had come. This is possible. You don't have to go meet the person themselves. 
uh, another thing is that that if the person is uh, in at home or something it may not be convenient for the family those people strangers are coming day in and day out inside outside inside there are ladies in the house and so on and anytime somebody comes they have to put on a hijab and all kinds of, so make sure that the person is already sick the family already has a problem we don't want to add to the problem so whatever we do do it in a way where which is benefit for beneficial for them so in conclusion um in this respect it was said that the visit should be long enough to convey your salam and wishes and to ask the sick person how they are doing and to pray for the recovery and leave immediately after bidding them farewell at the end of his book of uh, maliki fiqh al kafi imam uh, ibn abdul bar said whether you visit a healthy or an ill person you should sit where you are told for hosts know better how to ensure the privacy of their home visiting an ill person is a confirmed sunna the best visit is the shortest visitor should not sit too long with the ill person unless they are close friend and the ill person enjoys their company that's a specific thing if if the person himself says hey don't go please stay then you stay but as a rule try to go there and be there as short as for as short a period as possible we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to learn these beautiful manners and to practice them in our lives and to teach them to our children and make all of this a source of khair and barakah for us in this life and the hereafter wa sallallahu ala nabiyil karim wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in bi rahmatika ya rahmatullah